You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at SD Times. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today, we're discussing why having good cybersecurity isn't enough anymore and what can businesses do next to protect their data. With me today is Taylor Hersom, founder and CEO of Eden Data, which provides scalable security teams for startups. Welcome to the show, Taylor. Thanks for coming on. Jacob, thanks for having me. I'm fired up. Wow. Uh, looking forward to chatting with you. Great. So to start off, can you explain to our audience what is uh, meant by being cyber resilient and how is this different from just having good cybersecurity in place? Oh, yeah, um, of course. So I think everybody's pretty much heard at this point the the whole the, the silly saying of it's not a matter of if, but when you're going to get hacked or you're going to experience a cybersecurity incident. And so cyber resilience has been kind of born out of that. The, the whole premise here is that having a plan and having processes in place is unfortunately not good enough to just make yourself bulletproof. Um, you're still going to experience issues. You're still going to experience incidents um, and hopefully not data breaches, but everybody experiences incidents all the time. When I say incidents, that can be things like, um, of course, a material data breach, but it can also be like lost laptops or phishing attempts or things like that. So any kind of risk, um, that that is um, that is capitalized with your organization. So mm -hmm. cyber resilience is how can you create um, um, the ability to be resilient when you do experience one of those incidents? How do you bounce back? How do you have a plan in place when things don't go right? And how are you able to respond to those? How, how do you even know that something went wrong in the first place? Um, so so uh, just even detecting that that you've had experienced an incident, um, how do you respond to that? And then how do you make sure that you've learned from it so it doesn't happen again? That's really what cyber resilience comes down to. I, I see. So uh, it's kind of in a way expecting that some you know cyber security breach is going to happen, and just focusing on you know how how to piece things back together. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, kind of like uh, football. You prepared uh, when you're when you're training for football. You're we are in football season, so I had to make an analogy here. But um, you you know you're you're uh, trying to always uh, get better, so you're not getting tackled, but you're inevitably going to get tackled. So right. what the heck are you going to do when you get hit uh, hit like a ton of bricks? Yeah, right. Um, so can you go into a little bit more of uh, what are the components of cyber resilience? Absolutely. So um, there's a lot of great uh, security bodies out there that define um, essentially these these terms. So cyber resilience is one of them. They break it down basically into into five components. Um, and I can go into a little detail about what each of them are, but uh, prepare, prevent, detect, respond, recover. Uh, I believe NIST was the original uh, definers of uh, the, sorry, the, the National Institute of Security and Technology, which defines some of the greatest cybersecurity uh, benchmarks in, in the world, um, had defined those. But basically, this goes back to what I said about cyber resilience. So you have a couple components in there, prepare and prevent. So preparing is, of course, building a security program in the first, first place. And then prevent is, is trying to prevent that anything ever happens, right? You have controls in place that are meant to prevent you from, from experiencing a breach or experiencing an incident. Unfortunately, back to what we said, something's inevitably gonna happen. How do you even know that's what detect means? So how the heck do you know that you uh, one of your users was compromised or that they clicked a, uh, a malicious link and that you've got malware running through your systems? How do you know that uh, someone's not in your AWS environment? Um, those kinds of things. And then how do you respond to those? So you find out about it, 
do you even have a team in place to be able to respond to these? Do you have the wherewithal to know what logs to look at or what systems to cut access to and all of that kind of stuff? Mm -hmm. um, and then finally, recovering. So recovering is very much a let's get business back. Right? We, we all got to make money here. And so if your business is being impacted by one of these incidents, that's obviously not good. And then how do we patch the holes where we were compromised in the first place so it doesn't happen again? That's what recover is referring to. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and what is the, uh, probably one of the more important things and one of the easier things that companies can implement to bolster their cybersecurity posture that maybe a lot of them aren't doing? Yeah. Um, so I think that there's this, this misconception about security that it's just so hard. It's very, it's very difficult to implement and that there's all these, these very obscure threats that are impacting your organization. Technically that's true, but everything is gauged by risk. And so most of the time, risk for a lot of these obscure hacks um, is relatively low. If you go look at the the biggest, uh, the highest profile breaches out there, it always points back to the same two things. It's cloud misconfiguration, and then it's also um, identity access management slash human error. So people mm -hmm. they're clicking bad links, they're getting the wrong access, that sort of thing. Um, so Cloud misconfiguration, that's just your, a lot of us are, uh, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, are um, in the SaaS space. And so they have a cloud uh, uh, organization that, that has their application in the cloud, um, typically AWS, Google Cloud, um, Azure. Uh, that you have a shared responsibility with those vendors, uh, meaning that they are in charge of things like physical security and making sure that the hardware is, is up to snuff for them to be able to host your data in the first place. But you are responsible for a lot of the security on the other end of that spectrum, which is things like the appropriate access, vulnerability management, patch management, configuring your environment to where you don't have your S3 buckets facing the world and, and open to, to anybody and that you're you're keeping all of your data encrypted at all times, that sort of thing. And so um, that's what I mean when I say cloud misconfiguration. I and then I, I know I mentioned identity access management. That's essentially mm -hmm. just having that there's, there's two prong component there. It's how do I figure out you, Jacob, are who you say you are, and then give you the right access to the right system? So a lot of times access management historically has been terrible because we we just define that someone based on their job responsibilities gets the, the, same, uh, the same type of access. Typically, people are given more access than they need across the board, um, but there was never really a component for us to validate that you are who you say you are because we were just using a username and a password. Now we have things like multi-factor authentication. We can monitor and see that, hey, this person, Jacob's logging in from a new computer today. Like, let's make sure it's actually Jacob. Um, those sorts of things, uh, that's, that's the identity side. And then access management is just being more granular, saying you, Jacob, don't need access to every system uh, that we have as a company. You only need access to the developer tools, for example. Um, and, and just being more specific with your access. Mm -hmm. Okay. And there seems to be new cybersecurity tools coming out all the time, yet uh, attacks continue to grow. Um, in fact, last uh, a recent study found that businesses faced 50% more cyber attack attempts per week in 2021 than the year before. So, I mean, the added attention to cybersecurity, whether it's the executive order or companies bolstering their security, um, is... Is just having like the latest and greatest tools and security enough 
I think based on those statistics, the answer is definitely no to that. So uh, we, we are at a time in history where technology is greater than it's ever been. We've got more advanced cybersecurity tools out there. And yet you are correct that the the amount of breaches um, is is uh, is still increasing instead of uh, decreasing. And that's for a few different reasons. I think one, it's easier than ever to compromise someone's data. It's easier than ever to compromise an organization's data. The tools that nefarious intenders are using are easier to obtain. Um, the skill set need to be able to compromise organizations, that's easier to obtain as well. And then the other issue is there's just a ton of companies out there that that can't even spell security. And so they are going and they're building these cloud tools. Um, they're, they're putting things on the internet very quickly. It doesn't matter these days, like the whole world is a data company. So that means that uh, just a, a consulting firm or a software company or a flower shop. They're all collecting very sensitive data. They're putting that in the cloud in some manner, and most of them are not thinking about security. And so that's also the issue. You're, you're increasing the threat landscape, more, more doors to open for nefarious intenders for hackers. Um, and so I think the last thing is, is that it's also easier than ever to adopt new technology across a company. So there's not a lot of great processes in place today for uh, organizations to limit what users are adopting in terms of new SaaS tools and new ways of doing business. And they're dumping sensitive data in there. And they're still using I love kitties one, two, three across all their accounts. And so they're not using MFA, like a lot of these basics that we've been talking about for years, you would think, oh my gosh, the world should have this figured out. Spoiler alert, Jacob, they don't. They don't. Yeah. So we're still dealing with the basics. That's crazy to think that nowadays we have to think that your flower, uh, your local flower shop has to consider itself a security company as well. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. So um, going back a little bit to the uh, cyber resilience, are there any benchmarks for whether companies can see if they're cyber resilient already or places where they can improve? Um, I think that good starting points would be adopting some kind of framework, some kind of controls framework, meaning that there, there are all these standards out there. So um, a really good one is uh, the, the uh, CIS 20. Um, so just mm -hmm. Googling CIS 20, that'll pull up. Um, the uh, Cloud Institute, uh, man, oh my, we use so many acronyms in the security space that even I can't right. keep track of. Okay. I'm forgetting what CIS stands for, um, but that is a great framework to adopt. There's also NIST, so the National Institute of Security and Technology. They have the uh, CSF, which is Cybersecurity Framework. That's another great one. Um, and going through that and just using that as a baseline, we have a lot of customers that are going and being asked about their security posture from their customers. And so they're adopting things like the SOC 2 uh, standard or ISO 27001. These are like uh, independent standards that you can be audited against and you get a certification or a report at the end that you can brag about uh, to your customers. We're seeing a lot of that, especially in the SaaS space. Great. All right, those are all the questions that I had. Is there uh, anything else that our listeners can come away with as like an important thing that they can do to bolster their cybersecurity? Yeah, I think that uh, the, the the closing thought that I have is that it is very important to understand that security is very much a loop and not a line, meaning that once you start a security program, it is not something that there's a finish line to where you just say, oh, I'm perfectly secure and I'm done. You, you have to invest in this continuously. But the good news is that because technology is enhancing, we, of course, have more and more ways 
um, to adopt security without having to pay a tremendous amount of money. There are great services out there. You can implement a lot of great security practices with the tools you're using today. Um, just know that it's something that you have to continuously maintain for as long as you're in business, simply because it's the way of the world now. We are all collecting tremendous amounts of data. All right. Well, it looks like that's all the time we have for today's show. And I want to thank you again, Taylor, for coming on. Thank you so much for having me, Jacob. Love nerding out about this. Uh, appreciate the opportunity. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till next time, this has been What the Dev. 